0: You are listening to the BenchCast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. Alright everyone, Coach Ben here and this is Bench Talk Live. Happy to be here chatting with y'all today. Got some more great questions and i will take your questions live so if you're having any bench issues uh feel free drop them in here we will uh work on correcting that for you all right bench tips whatever you want to talk about guys again i'm here live with you drop anything that you want to talk about sip a coffee for the working man you know the deal on this podcast whether you're watching live you're listening in have your coffee ready this is a sip of coffee to the working man mm. gotta love a little espresso mixed in with um some dean's beans coffee out in western mass uh this is again a uh coffee that was sent to me by one of our athletes beth moonstone um and i i really appreciate that if anyone wants to send me coffee I'll be sort of, sip it for you here on the podcast. Anyways, I want to get into some great questions, okay? Um, we had some good stuff coming from Instagram, and uh, let's get to it. First on Instagram, here we got Dan Roberg. I've been going pretty heavy for a few months, and my strength seems to be going down. What is a good change-up? Uh, so, I'm not sure how you've been working that programming there Dan Um, if you're trying to go heavy too often that's usually what you're going to experience so I'm not sure if it's on the same movement so if you've just been competition benching straight weeks trying to see an increased improvement each time uh, that's going to be hard to do that is going to be a hard thing to do Uh, eventually you're going to stall out Alright, so you either kind of wave back if you're looking to do that linear type progression. You switch up movements. It can be a slight variation. You can throw bands on. You can throw chains on. You can do a different bar. You can take a different grip uh, and build that up for some time. So you're either switching the exercise. You're switching... um, you know any type of variable there and that might be good enough to continue to get you to progress and then you can come back to that comp movement so we'd have to dig a little bit uh, further in there to uh, really see what you've been doing my friend but uh, yeah i would definitely look to switch things up uh, in a close capacity whether it's grip um, you know using a board slingshot anything like that seb hunter having problems two to three inches off my chest when pushing amax is that an upper back problem Uh, sometimes sometimes not so it depends if you're using your back first and foremost appropriately when you press the bar one of the greatest cues i can tell you guys real simple press yourself away from the bar don't press the bar away from you you want to use the pad itself as leverage to help you get that weight up kind of like if you were pinned up against a wall right be able to maneuver right uh, push away using the leverage of the wall so um when you're pressing the weight up you need to keep your upper back dialed in Uh, In terms of keeping the scaps pulled towards your hips. If you're doing a good job with this and you stall out two to three inches up. It's probably a tricep weakness because you're heavily going to be relying on your triceps to finish that weight. If you are not doing a good job of keeping your upper back locked down. Then you are going to need to work on that. And that might be a strength issue, or it might just be you need to dial in that technique. So it's hard to say. Um, First off, it's a technique issue. If it's a strength issue, uh, if it's an upper back problem at all, we probably have to see how you're benching. But that's one tip that I give all of you guys is press away from the bar. Don't try to press the bar away from you. All right uh lock down that back during the press as well. If you do such a great job of it in the setup and the takeout, we're focusing so much on keeping that upper back retracted and pulled down. Don't go and lose it when you press the bar. Uh, what we often see is once you go to press the bar, all right, the scaps you you kind of forget those, you don't stay mindful of those, and you just start to drift right into your shoulders. Alright now was actually happening to me this weekend for benching. Um, sometimes you just you know what to do and you just have a hard time executing it. Alright. And then in that case sometimes you just need more warm-ups to find out what's not moving right. Matt says with training the triceps for heavy low rep work, do you use more compound movements or isolation, press downs, push downs, things like that? Uh so if I'm training heavy, low rep work on the triceps, it's gonna be in a big movement pattern. Uh, It's never usually going to be on a uh, push down. I mean, the heaviest that I've gone on some type of an isolation move, probably on a straight bar push down, uh, I'll tend to maybe push that a little bit heavier, but for the most part, none of that, maybe rolling dumbbell triceps, just because you have a little bit of that momentum to carry through with the lats or skull crushers, those might be quote unquote isolation movements that I'd go heavier on, but... For the most part, anything that's really isolative with a push down going to be a higher rep variation, talking anywhere from 12, uh, 12 to 20 reps. And then, uh, as you mentioned, any compound-type movement, that's where the lower reps are going to come in. So that's if we're talking like a close-grip bench, a pin press. If I do a close-grip floor press, for example, um, that's where it's going to probably be lower rep, but going to have that emphasis on the triceps. What's up, Logan Barbell? If I have my feet under the bench and a close stance on the balls of my feet, I can get more leg drive but less stability. So he's talking about the toes back type of leg drive stance. If I have my feet flat and on the sides of the bench, I get less leg drive but more stability. He's talking about the feet out flat style of leg drive. And then he says, should I find a middle ground? so there is no great middle ground for that because you're talking about two different styles i mean you could find a middle ground if you were talking about one specific style but there's no real good way to mix both of those there are two different styles of leg drive and you're going to have to dial one or the other in you can find variations within those styles but there's no great way to combine the two it sounds like you're having a better time with leg drive with the toes back so you're getting probably more out of driving the heel down using your quads to your advantage as well um, and feeling tighter that way in terms of putting pop into the bar but when you take your feet out flat you start to lose that Um, and usually the case is when lifters do that because i actually find that i have better leg drive and i can actually get someone to have better leg drive much better leg drive with a feet out flat stance um so it would probably be a case of are you actually pushing hard enough because with the toes back all you have to do is really be directed with the heels because if you're driving the heels down i mean you're not going to slip anywhere that's going to create your force back uh, why most lifters don't get much out of the feet flat type leg drop is because they're just not pushing hard enough uh, for example i just started working with one of our newer athletes um, and he was benching off a wooden platform Those was traditional you know you see deadlift platforms with the wood middle and he had his feet on the wood middle and i told him with a wooden platform the case is 10 times out of 10 that's not going to be enough traction to hold you in place so if your feet aren't slipping, something's wrong with that scenario. All right, he felt he was conducting good leg drive, which I totally understand cuz that's always how he's done it. But I told him on the wood you should be slipping because what happens is most time we're just not pushing enough because we realize our feet are going to slip on whatever we're benching on. And instead of looking to add traction, we just simply say You know, maybe I just need to put my feet back more or I'm just pushing too hard or something. Um, You know, with the feet flat, there's no such thing as pushing too hard. You need to make sure the environment you're pushing on uh, is a good quality traction. So if you bench on wood, for example, if your feet aren't sliding in a feet flat stance, there's a big problem with that. Uh, Put a rug down, put a piece of yoga mat, something under your feet, spray some stickum spray, something because... 10 times out of 10, it's just the lifter's not pushing hard enough in that feet flat stance. Um, so, again, to come back to your question there, Logan Barbell, no, there's no great in between. There's that style or feet flat style. And then you can start playing with variations. But I would go with what's giving you the best results right now. Obviously, I, I just kind of gave you some reason why to try the feet flat a little bit longer. Potentially try to get more out of that if you're feeling more stable. But, um, overall would just pretty much stick to what um you know you're feeling more confident with at the moment nyz's in here what's up my friend uh recommendations on any good kettlebell exercises that i can do that will complement my main lifts um so i in terms of kettlebells for bench pressing i really don't use those too often If I did, it would be more probably for mobility type work in terms of like a kettlebell armbar type of deal, a great mobility exercise. Um, Use it to correct wrist position with a bottom up kettlebell hold. But other than that, um, I don't really use them too much for the bench press per se. Now, if you're going to throw in squats and deadlifts, uh, deadlifts being the D word on this channel, uh, then I would see a lot more value in them. I would use them for like suitcase holds, farmer's walks, uh, kettlebell swings, teaching a hip hinge, goblet squats. So I feel like they have a much better application to what you're going to do with a uh, squat or the hip pinching movements, uh, like the deadlift. So then I would use kettlebells more, but not as much for benching. Um, uh, mostly I use them at, at my gym to. uh hang on the the bamboo bar as you know so that's pretty much all i use them for other than correcting wrist position or doing them for mobility work jb 01201 and 990 a lot of letters a lot of numbers there my friend any advice for bicep pain after bench never happened before uh so bicep pain anytime i traditionally received bicep pain it was mostly due to overuse just doing too much pressing um but that's really the only time that flared up much so i'm not sure what the case is for you if you're doing a lot of pressing i'd probably just relax on that uh i would also check out your forms as well i would often get a lot of uh, discomfort around that elbow region and deep tissue massage really helped me out with that. And um, you know, with everything crossing that elbow joint, going through a lot of pressing, you know, if you don't take care of uh, you know those tissues rolling out the triceps time to time, and and really getting good work done on your your forearms, you know, that's something that can kind of flare up more readily. So uh, I definitely always looked to get into supinated positions more often so i would do my band pull apart supinated Um, just try to get into positions that i I wouldn't normally train as much Um, do my pull downs supinated Uh, i would do the x uh, hand band there you put the little yeah little finger loops and what you do is work your extensors so you're working your forearms and extension there Versus always clenching down on the bar, you know, the natural resting state of my hand is wants to close right up on me. So just being conscious of working things you don't normally work and taking care of that with some good soft tissue. I'm gonna actually, I'm going to move this pad right over here, so I'm not looking in two different places the whole time. That's much better. Sip of coffee, tea, guys i don't know if you can hear got a little jazz music going on in the back setting the mood for y'all all All right logan barbell i have bench tomorrow so definitely try out the feet flat stance a little more so yeah let me know what you're benching on too my friend if it's a commercial gym i mean forget about it i mean you're not gonna be benching on anything good so uh that'll tell me right away if you're in a commercial gym you probably want something on your feet so that's usually the quickest way to get more leg drive is to go to that toes back stance when you're at a commercial gym because otherwise your feet are probably going to be slipping on whatever uh, ground they have there whatever flooring they're using anything here oh we got some uh some questions coming in through youtube oh H J, do you ever work with less than 60 60- pounds he said dollar sign i imagine that's percentage of your one rep max for hypertrophy purposes um yes mostly high rep feed up type work whether it's a recovery day or it's uh you know on the back end of the uh the bench day in terms of main exercises but yes uh definitely and for any variations too such as a thompson press so if we do like feed up thompson presses which is just an overspeed eccentric, you're kind of letting the weight drop real quick. Um, you're not gonna need as much weight because it's a tough variation or any long pause stuff. But in terms of hypertrophy, don't do a ton of high rep comp benching, but definitely like feet up, close grip stuff like that. Dark gamer BG, if I bench 200 kilograms with help from friend, can I bench 200 kilograms with single ply? Uh... That's a that's a really tough one for. I'm assuming 200 kilograms of someone helping you up a little bit. Uh, that's not working in a single ply shirt though. So I mean, once you get the shirt on, you're gonna realize there's a whole bunch of other shit that you're gonna have to dial in. So it's not the same at all. Adam MC, ah man, I was having a question about my bench. On one side, the bore, the bar is higher than the other. Have any tips to fix that? Yeah, so I literally just put out a video last week, I believe, or the week prior, but very uh, recent. So I'll go to our YouTube channel. It's how to fix uneven lockout. And uh, usually it comes down to a mobility issue within maybe your scapular retraction or something. So I would first just look at how you're moving, if you're able to actually lock down and retract well. Um, But then the quick fix for that would just be bringing your finger out a little bit. On the one side, that is a bit higher. Okay, So that's a real easy quick fix. um, And that will prevent that bar from leaning to one side. But obviously you want to find the root of the issue. And check out that video too. Carl DeZonson-Risenzi. What can you say about overhead press to bench press ratio what is your one rep max and overhead press uh that's hard to say because i don't really know what my one rep max raw is right now um i guess at the time that i did that raw max uh f- few it was i guess last year early last year uh 440 my overhead max i want to say was 265 something like that uh i forget the direct numbers but there's a poliquin article on t nation that has all those types of ratios relative to like your bench press one rep max strength so where in relation your close grip bench should be where in relation your overhead press should be uh you know it's all figurative you know there's no set thing that says if hey if this does go up or it's a better ratio that your bench is going to get better but um for the most part he said it was about 60 percent that's the number i've always kind of kept in mind is you want your overhead press to at least be 60 percent of your one rep max bench for most people it is not Um, therefore i feel like up to that point you can really get a good return off of doing overhead pressing for your bench press Um, however once you hit that 60 percent i'm not sure if you're going to get much out of continuing to do overhead press. all right? Because, again, point of diminishing returns, you're going to have to find the next weak point to bring up. You know, getting your bench up is oftentimes just trying to rework what the hell is my weak point and then hitting that. Um, and that just takes some trial error. It's like putting together a puzzle. Adam says, Hi, man. Having a quick question about my bench. Oh, I think I just answered that on uh, YouTube, my friend. Thanks for tuning in on both. Oh, Knock this thing right over on you guys. And we got a plant in the way. <laughs> Alright, here we go. JB, thanks, sir. Username, numbers, birth year, birth date. That makes sense. I do something similar. And Adam says, you can see the problem in my latest Instagram post. So uh, I believe I just addressed that, my friend. So let me know if you have any more questions on there. Uh, I'm going to get to some questions on the Instagram. What is a good anterior delt exercise? So for anterior delts, really the only thing that I do isolative for them would be some kind of a front raise variation, whether it be with bands, cables, dumbbells. You switch up the angles of it you know more like a incline front race if you're on the face down on an incline bench just changing up variables like that that's really kind of only isolation work that i would do um but obviously when you're pressing if it's an overhead press especially you're getting anterior delt work so i would say uh landmine press overhead press with a barbell dumbbell i mean these are all ways that uh i probably get most of my stimulus on the and the anterior delt other than front raises and whatnot got the question do you think a bench daddy shirt is a good beginner shirt and the way i'd answer this is yes and no so if you're looking to transition into something you know a bench shirt uh the bench daddy is going to be a very very friendly progression into that meaning you could throw a bench daddy shirt on not have much experience in bench shirts and instantly probably gain about 200 pounds to your bench maybe Uh, once you get used to the overload maybe even more Um, but if you are looking to actually use poly shirts your traditional bench shirt whether it be single or multiply, the bench daddy's not going to set you up for success in that. So it really depends: Are you going to stay with a bench daddy type shirt, uh, one of the quote-unquote banded shirts that you just saw the world record broken in by Will barati eleven oh five? Are you going to stay with those, or are you actually going to use a traditional poly shirt? Because that's really where the argument comes in, because they aren't like each other. Uh, they require different grooves. It's a different feel different material one's going to slice into you real nasty you know it's not comfortable for many and then the other one toss it on toss it off not a big deal it's like wearing a slingshot Um, so that's like where that argument comes in so i would say yes it's a great beginner shirt if you want to get into some kind of an overload type of lift in your bench but uh, it's not a good shirt at all if you're actually looking to learn the poly game okay so just beware there Matt says, do you like a standing or seated overhead press? Uh, I much prefer a standing because then I can actually get the lower body tight, the hips in check, which I think is a really important thing. Um, Not that you necessarily can lift as much as seated because I think those two numbers can be very relative, Um, but there's just so much more engagement, and I think you're training a better pattern. That makes sense other than seated where I feel like vast majority of lifters can kind of just hang out in that seated position. They're not really keeping their uh, midsection brace well, uh, additional loads on the, the spine and lower back. Um, but however, many of our athletes train in basement gyms and, and things like that and just don't have the ceiling room. And in that scenario, we are going to do a seated overhead press instead. Um, I feel like that would be the next best thing. I would just emphasize trying to get the lower body tight still. Create that hip tension. Michael Marku, checking in from Norway. What's up, my friend? Greetings from Norway. Hope you're all good down there. Up there. Over there. Whatever the hell you want to call it. Logan Barbell, since I am weak off the chest, I try to focus on my accessories on delts, upper back. How much tricep work should I be doing after the main weak point accessories? Also, how many accessories should I be doing per session? Four to six? So for accessories and triceps primarily, um, so in me being mainly bench only competitor, I'm trying to hit triceps whenever I train in some capacity. If it's a bench day how I get a little bit more volume in, uh, how I get some more volume in for our athletes is to superset some tricep moves. So since we're already training triceps, we'll just go through a bigger superset instead of doing, um, you know, do do your triceps, a back exercise, you know, all that. You know, we're trying to hammer like three different tricep exercises uh, in a superset fashion to hit more volume on the tries. But uh, I would say accessories we're probably getting in there's a back superset tricep superset maybe one more like a shoulder movement something like that so i would say about five six accessory movements um would be a safe bet that's what most of our athletes are doing but uh yeah for for triceps i train them as often as i can i don't think you can really over train those as much uh I think you can overtrain big movements, but small isolation movements, I don't think you can really over-train, per se. Uh, the back work, too, every session, trying to get some back work in, I think that's very valuable as well. Don't think you can overtrain that. So if I have athletes that are traditionally used to training seven days a week, six days a week, it's just kind of what they do. It's in their habit. Um, and then I'm like, I really think we should do a four-day schedule, three-day schedule, uh, if they want to do more work on those quote-unquote off days, I always say back is fair game. Hamstrings, glutes. If they're bench only, triceps. Um, so, hope that helps. Brian the Hulk Forbes. What's up, my friend? Appreciate you dropping in. I'm doing well. How are you doing? So, you just had a awesome meet out there. That seemed like it was a great time. Uh, I'm actually going to i have a meet in august august 15th i'm actually going to a meet in a couple of weeks and i can't wait uh it's an rps meet we're just gonna set up help out and whatnot and um you know so we'll see how that goes mr Nakosine, sign hey do you regret taking steroids um that's not really a topic that we're going to. Uh, touch on too much in here my friend brian the hulk forbes i'm great glad to hear it my friend and brian just hit what'd you hit 825 that is a fantastic bench my friend Uh, very proud of you for for taking that on that's a great great bench and it looked like that meat ran great so very happy for you Lift the mailman. What's up, my friend? Got some more cues dropping in. 821.2. That's a great bench. Got me now. Now you beat you beat me. You topped me off. So now I got to come back, huh? All right, best bench in a shirt. What is my best bench in a shirt? 820 pounds. Um... So so I was just saying, Brian just beat me by 1.2 pounds, so I got to come back. Mr. Noco sign, I've tried your tips and my bench is 375 for 5 reps. That's awesome, my friend. I'm glad that's working out for you. Um, Let me know what tip in general helped you out. Rocco Waltz. Hey Ben, hope all is well. Are dumbbell pullovers or pullovers in general a staple exercise in your bench training? Um, don't do money pullovers, personally. Uh, we do the lying lat pullover, which I'm really big on. This is something that I prescribe to our athletes uh, very frequently. And it's pretty much like the takeout of a bench. So you're just dragging out crunching down on this pvc bar and um that's a great one for training your back how it's going to be used relative to the bench press so in that case we use that pullover a lot Um, i don't do any dumbbell pullovers or anything like that um, other than what's in the dirty 30s which is a great exercise superset by um i think got popularized by jason coker i'm not sure if he came up with that but uh he would do a finisher called the dirty 30 and it's a 10 reps of skull crushers 10 reps of with the easy curl bar doing pullovers and then 10 reps as well of close grip to finish it off um so that's the only time i'm really getting pullovers other than the uh lying banded Brian says, nope, your weight is lower. I weigh 283 and compete at 308. Well, however you want to spin it, my friend. Uh, that's, that's still a big bench. Got me by a little bit. Body weight don't matter. Body weight don't matter. No body weights in the jungle, right? Um, but proud of you, buddy. That's, that's awesome. Uh, and then he's going for 850 to 870 on Halloween. Uh, i'm going to be at my bud's wedding on halloween i'm very excited for that i'm excited to uh get out and see people in general uh which i can't wait for this meet coming up see lifters again kind of get back to a normal i seen that they uh down in the south florida all that um california they just closed gyms again so hope that's not for long but um you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been tough on everyone. And just, you know, even if you can train, just what are you training for? You know, just trying to get as strong as you can in the moment. Because we can't... There's nothing we can really plan for too much, depending on where you're living. Everything's getting canceled. Logan Barbell loves the dirty 30s. I try to fit him in every session. Yeah, it's a great way to finish it. I feel like I would... I have to get away from it every now and then because I start to lose the return value on them. Um, So I like them just as a way every now and then to, uh, just like cycling any of the accessories, right? You don't want to stick with the same ones forever. You know, some things like a barbell row is a staple, but you still want to get some variations in there. Um, Dirty 30s will treat them like how I cycle any of my accessories, know three four weeks in a row and got to move on to something else because then you don't really get the uh the effect is great you know progress starts to slow down but come right back to them west coast barbell what's up my friends all right guys anyone have any questions just drop them below justin dackey is there a reason why i most mostly feel my shoulders more than triceps and close grip bench uh, so you potentially might be too close there my friend or you might be touching too high or you might just be a very long-armed bencher and you'd probably do better uh, doing the close grip uh, off boards and Rocco Walsh says good stuff much appreciated Mr. Nokosign Like I'm a heavy looking guy like yourself, uh, the glutes tip. Uh, I'm not sure what you're mentioning with the glutes tip, my friend, if you want to uh, clarify on that. Um, So I did put out some content on squeezing your glutes in the setup. So uh, that is going to help protect your lower back. So anyone that has some lower back discomfort when setting up to bench... Squeezing your glutes, being more aware of what you're doing, that's going to help protect your lower back and also engage your leg drive to a much larger degree. We've got another question here uh, from Instagram. Trouble keeping shoulders tucked tight benching? More upper back work? That was a question. So this individual is having a hard time keeping their shoulders tucked and in a tight position uh, they're asking if they should do more upper back work. So, not always necessarily. So, there is a strength component. Obviously, when your back is stronger in the right places, it's going to be easier to do this stuff. So, I'm always a proponent of more back work. More upper back work in general is fantastic. Um, but it also... So, for example, this past weekend, I had a terrible bench session. It was it was not good um, because... I just could not keep my shoulders in the right position, exactly what you're talking about here. I just could not stay tucked, alright? Um, I just, I could not. Uh, once I start to press, I was drifting to my shoulders, and I knew it was happening, I just couldn't do anything about it. Usually, when my traps get real tight, like I've been getting real tight up in here, even just turning my head around, I've been getting real stiff. Um, hopefully, I can get back on the routine massage and things this week, but. Um, when that's the case or I'm locked up in an area, it's hard to maintain that, that tightness and that tension. So um, it could be just that you have to really work some soft tissue in a specific area. And then you can better use the strength that you do have in order to keep that pinched down. Logan Barbell. Since there's really no meats to train for and I want to focus on my bench more. I've been thinking about switching to more of a bench-focused program. Any tips on going into a program like that? So now there's two different forms of training someone for bench only. So I have lifters who train bench only but are just committed strictly to the bench press. And I have bench only lifters who train bench only but still want to stay relevant with their squat and their deadlift, uh, meaning they might compete in them down the road, or they simply just want to have you know, good overall strength. So um, it sounds like that would be the case for you. Like you still want to be generally strong with um, with your lower body, your deadlift, your your squat. So the tip I would have for you if you want to focus on your bench a bit more, is if you're only doing one day currently, I would definitely always recommend two days. But I would throw in an accessory day. This is pretty much what I'm doing as well. Um, Throw in an accessory day where perhaps you hit, definitely hit back, but then hit some more triceps or whatever your weak point is, and you need more shoulders, um, do some overhead pressing, things like that. But um, add that additional day in. And then I would even tack in a little bit of accessory work um, that can help you out on your lower body day, your squat deadlift day. And I would do those two movements together on the same day. Squat and deadlift, I would put those together on the same day. Um, Then I would even sprinkle in some bench accessory in there too. So that you're, you're basically hitting the bare minimum on the squat and the deadlift. You're still training them. You're training the exact movement. Um... But the rest of your training is really all encompassed around trying to get your bench strength up. So that's what I would recommend uh, if you're going to make that transition. Lift the mailman. Hit a 225 incline. I use the hovering glutes tip. Yeah, that's a big help. Uh, I appreciate that, my friend. I'm glad that uh, worked out well for you. The hovering glutes, guys, if you're not sure what uh, he's talking about there... That's where I explain. You want to have your hips in the highest position, so you you need to touch the bench by rule. You know, the bench press isn't complete if your hips weren't on the pad. So what I want someone to focus on is when they're creating leg drive. So this is the pad. If you're watching, all right, I have my hand out. This is the pad, and your thumb's the butt. Here's your butt right here. So I can have a lot of pressure. This is if I'm putting a lot of pressure into the pad, I'm not using my glutes well okay i want the the pad say there's a scale on the pad i need my butt to touch the scale but i don't want the scale to read weight okay now this is just lightly touching the pad all right you can do that but now i want to really maximize it so i want to get in the best position possible driving back into my traps i need to have my hips barely in contact but i need to have that contact that's the important thing is that there's contact but Your hips aren't putting any weight into the pad. They're staying high. I think explaining it as hovering hips is a great way to get the point across. Okay, You have the bare minimum of contact because all that extra is being used to increase your positioning. And Matt says, when going out on a date, how long are you supposed to wait before dropping your bench numbers? Um, You know, I think that would be a good practice just to do that right off the bat so someone knows what they're getting into. You know, so if you're out with a lady and um, I think it's fair to just put the number out there. You know, because especially if they're a lifter as well, I think that's important. And I think the bench press holds the most stock. You know, because you need to have a good chest. You need to have a full chest. So, that's a good question, my friend. (laughs) Get the number out there quick. Then you know what her expectations are, too. So, she's expecting 200 bench press. You know that. That's too low. You got to have a higher expectation there, too. Peace be with you. I was told behind the neck press and pull down are bad for your shoulders. Your thoughts. Um, So I don't necessarily think those are bad. I think some of those movements require a large range of motion, um, which most lifters don't have. So putting yourself in a position where you're in a compromised um, mobility type position, right, like a behind the neck anything, Uh, I think many powerlifters lack the mobility to do anything behind the neck like that. So unless it's a very strict controlled like a pull down, I'm fine with because I can stop at a certain point where I'm restricted. But if I'm just forcing myself through there with weight on my back, um, I would never want anyone to do that. This is going to set you up for injury because you don't have the range of motion to do that, and that weight is just pushing you through a really um, uh, tricky zone there. Like with a, a external rotation too. That's why I always say if you're doing any external rotation with a dumbbell, you know, if I came back like this externally rotate with a dumbbell and i'm lying on the ground you got to be careful with that i've effed up my shoulders a little bit doing that um because that dumbbell is going to force you into range of motion that you're not strong in and um that can be a setup for injury so you you just have to be very careful there but i wouldn't say they're bad i just say you know it's like olympic lifting requires a lot of range of motion requires a lot of technique and practice and um, you need to be strong in the positions that you need to be strong and and you really have to make sure that's dialed in so there's a higher risk to reward peace be with you says i usually wait until i go in for the kiss to seal the deal and that's i guess when you drop your bench number right so Make sure that you have, you you peaked, you hit your best bench before that date. Logan Barbell, I've never had a coach of personalized programming before. What does the big Benches coaching and programming look like? Uh, Well, I can't really tell you what it's going to look like, my friend, because that's going to be a little bit different for everyone. Um, I have been doing more of a pre-fatigue type bench cycle with most of our athletes, so Uh, that is something where it's like a 12 week cycle. The beginning you're doing a lot of, you're doing volume overload and then your comp bench and then the comp bench just keeps climbing up in that order. Um, So you're really hitting your comp bench under pre fatigue conditions and then at the end of the 12 week cycle um, you're hitting it fresh right off the bat uh, to see what you can do and that's, uh, that's something I've been utilizing more with our lifters, seeing some really good results with. But I really can't tell you what that's going to look like for you because that's going to be a bit different. You already explained that. You're kind of looking to transition to a bench-only type of deal. So um, really tough to say there. But anyone that would be interested in um, learning more about our coaching program, whatnot, what you're going to want to do is go to – so if you're watching on YouTube, the link is in the description box. And if you're going to – if you're on Instagram, the link is in the bio And it's an application form, asks you some questions. I need some background information on everyone. And uh, from there, we can chat about how to best get you uh, into the coaching program and what that's going to entail. And I'll give you a little more detail on that. So that's what you can do if you are interested on that. Lift the mailman. Would you consider Westside Conjugates to be a bench-focused program? upper lower split with deadlift and squat combined seems like half of training is bench, the other half squat and deadlift um well no i would definitely wouldn't say it's a bench focused program nor would i i think many others because um you know you're still training squat and deadlift obviously a lot um can you make the conjugate program a bench only program yeah absolutely i'm sure you can spin a variation off that um i actually like the conjugate programming in general a little bit more for squatting and deadlifting than I do for benching because I don't think well first I think it gets kind of butchered speed work for the bench I think oftentimes it's way too heavy the bar weight is way too high you know you can use bar weight as low as like 40 percent most cases um, I see too much band tension getting loaded up on the bar. So it's just speed work gets butchered a little bit too much. And uh, I think lifters could probably benefit more from just getting some more volume work in. And um, therefore, you know, the conjugate system, I think it can be made to work well for the bench. But I think there's another way to train bench that could be a little bit more conducive. But um, there's always ways to spin the conjugate method um to fit you personally like for example if you train alone if you train in a home gym you don't have people around i don't see you going in and maxing out all especially if you don't have much equipment and you're limited in your variations i don't see you going in and hitting a max on all these variations a conducive way to train Uh, especially training alone If now if you go to a gym you have about you know eight other people maybe you're squatting with in a group or something you're all egging each other on you're all pushing each other talking shit and hey conjugate style might be good because in that type of environment when you're all pushing each other to the next level that's where you can really uh, feed off that energy and get stronger and therefore um you know pretty much we on on fridays here we bench and um those who on the team who are able to train locally with us um there i mostly have them doing max effort type benching because we're all kind of feeding off the energy of trying to push each other to that next level um that we benefit from a style of programming a bit more like that so but if you're training alone in your basement, I mean, it's kind of tough to get motivated to that capacity. So I do think there is a, a better way to uh, to train in those scenarios. So again, it just comes down to your, what's going on with you? Um, Mr. NocoScience says, my son is 12 and I'm telling him, yo, go, you know, go to the gym so he can get girls. But he is such a scrawny boy. Any advices? make him watch arnold vids <laughs> uh, i don't know if i can help you with that one my friend um i can't i can tell you back in the day um how i kind of got started in lifting my dad brought me down to the basement and um you know he's he always says I, he's very surprised i'm doing what i'm doing now because i did not want to train i did not want to go down to the basement and train with him um you know once we got going, I enjoyed it, but you know at that age, I just kinda wanna go outside and play football with with the guys or um you know play video games or something um you know so i just I didn't really feel like training, especially in the winter, it's super cold down there, and shit so uh I was reluctant at first too, but once you get your first taste of seeing results. Um, because once you start picking up weights for the first time, you're gonna see your body changing. It's not gonna be like that forever, uh, because it just takes time. But those "quote unquote" newbie gains, um, they come quickly. Okay, they come quickly. And once you get a taste of actually seeing that progress, it's like with anything. You need to have a taste of progress to really get attached to it and, and delve into it. You know, you need to see some some growth happening. Um, and it's the same way. You know, now too, it's you want to see numbers progress on the bar. You know, it's a change you can see. It makes you feel good about yourself. It keeps feeding that fire, you know. So, um, give them some small wins, is the best thing I can say. Someone who's having a hard time getting motivated or anything, um, pile up some small wins. And, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a new PR. um, Just, it, it could be something super small like, you get rewarded for doing your three days training a week. I'd offer him some kind of reward if he if he says he's gonna train consistent three times a week, and if he does it, you know he gets that reward or something, something that he'll he'll enjoy and it'll make him want to do that again. And then maybe he'll start seeing some some body changes and stuff like that, and then that'll get you excited and and kind of snowballs from there. Because um, I never liked training starting out; it wasn't something I was into. Twelve, I think, is fine um it's young but if you do it correctly you focus on technique i think that um that can be appropriate michael marcu hello big ben question how much do 584 pounds raw plus bench with two board on the chest translate to approximately this was my um NR 11th set in a pyramid start from 10 rep on 308 I'm sorry, my friend. Um, I think we might have a communication problem there. I'm not sure what you're trying to get across. Um, So if you can maybe rework that a little bit. All right, guys. um, So we're running out of questions here now. I went through everything on Instagram the other day. And again, on Mondays, I post in our stories um, the question box where you can drop your questions. Okay? Uh, So make sure every Monday... That you follow us on Instagram. Make sure you drop your question in so I can answer it. Logan Barbell. I've never used a shirt before. And I know last week you said the Bench Daddy has more of a raw groove. But I just got mine. And it's super stiff and it touches low like a shirt. Do you think this is a good way to get into gear? Um, Again, no, I don't think it's um a good way to get into a, if you're going to transition to a poly shirt so if you're planning to use an inser sdp a titan super katana uh any of the the metal shirts too and i know kind of metal got tossed out of there but um no i don't think they're the same things i've used the bench daddy shirt as well and um it's you are meant more so to spread into it and stay at a higher touch zone it be more straight up and down um you could probably work it like a uh, a poly shirt but um and it's going to feel maybe like an in between a raw and a poly shirt but it's just not going to operate how it should like a poly shirt um you know so it's it's a different groove Again, I think it's great for someone getting into it to handle some overload of weight. And now that competitions are starting to accept that, right, you can actually jump in and do a competition like that. So if you want to roll with that, I think that's fine. Um, You're probably not going to need as many different shirts as well. I think you can be effective in just one uh, for a good amount of time. Whereas a traditional poly shirt, like I'm training with three different shirts right now. Um you know i after this meet i 'm already going to need another shirt. The things stretch out on you, you know, accompanied that with some weight loss. If you really want to be dialed in with how much you get out of a poly shirt traditional bench shirt you 're really going to have to um be willing to buy a lot of shirts and get your hands on a lot of shirts to maximize the rebound you can get out of them you know once once they 're used they 're broken in enough unless you 're getting bigger or you 're modifying the shirt itself. You losing that pop, so you either get a new shirt, or you get it modified, you know, if you really want to maximize what you can get out of it. So, Howard Weingarten, I seen your last YouTube video from Santa Cruz. I'm the old guy from that seminar. I I, I remember you, Howard. You don't got to introduce yourself, my friend, uh, who was having problems touching with my SDP. I finally got 600 touching. That's awesome. Uh, let me know what helped you get to that point um but absolutely i remember you there howard uh that was a fun one that was a fun clinic i can't wait to get back to um getting out to clinics again And you know, we do have one august 29th that's in vermont so if anyone uh, is interested and i'm glad uh that was brought up because i did want to uh let everyone know if you're in that if you're in the northern states area you're looking to get out do something fun learn some technique on the bench press and shit this is going to be the clinic that you're going to want to go to you know uh, august 29th up at jamie's uh jamie mata's gym Fairhaven fitness and um you know he has a great setup in there that's where my meet is august 15th so anyone in the north there that wants to come to vermont Um, It's going to be a dual clinic. So Jamie actually taught me a lot in the bench shirt when I was first starting out, believe it or not. So he's been in power with me for a long, long time. And we're doing a dual bench clinic. And I'm hoping to even get this film too. But uh, you're going to want to be there August 29th. You can sign up on bigbenches.com and our bench clinics page. And um, we also have one in Canada october 3rd that is going on that is in uh saint john's newfoundland i'm not familiar with the area so um saint john's newfoundland whatever whatever the area is maybe that's all labrador newfoundland i i see all these different names for the area but um i will be there october 3rd so if you're in that canada area Uh, those are the two we have on schedule right now and then again i know with gym closers it makes things a little bit difficult but um if anyone knows a gym um that's operating now and would like to host the clinic uh i'm fine with traveling out there and putting on a a, a great clinic for you guys and, and helping you out so um just let me know you can message me uh alex what's up alex i said what's up coach how much benefit do you find you find get out of board pressing on the bench could you explain the science a bit more behind it um yeah so i actually i got back to you the other day on that a little bit and um i don't think there's a big benefit in terms of increasing technique full range technique obviously because you're not working full range so i don't think the benefit really comes in um obviously you're not working full range but i think by handling more weight and i guess that would be the science of it handling more weight Is going to teach you what you need to do uh, in terms of creating tightness and whatnot uh, applying the correct leg drive to really move that weight effectively Um, you're gonna have a greater appreciation for that so that's why heavy holds are awesome board pressing heavy eccentrics any of that type of uh, overload training slingshot even when you have more weight in your hands, it makes you kick up what you're doing. Technique-wise, kicks it up a notch. So in terms of creating tightness, board pressing is a great exercise for that. In terms of dialing in specific technique while you're moving with the barbell full range, I don't think it's going to help with that. For example, you know you're going to have a hard time really loading your back with a board press. So you're not really going to get those types of benefits, but just from the sheer having to hold that weight, uh, and then to move it effectively, you are going to, uh, get better at creating tightness. And then, um, also board pressing great for the triceps. So if you're a longer armed bencher, uh, you're probably going to see more board pressing, uh, than is say someone like myself, where I don't have much range, yeah, I'm not going to do too much with boards, especially raw. Um, but a raw bencher who has a good amount of range of motion. Uh, Alex, I'd say you're right on the fringe of that category too. Um, board pressing is going to be very valuable for you because it's also going to build up that top end strength. Allow you to target the triceps a little bit more effectively. Uh, but obviously it needs to be accompanied with full range work. It needs to uh, be accompanied with full range work. You don't want to just go strictly on a board cycle. You want to um, have in some capacity full range in there. And, and for yourself, having the, the feet up volume, the comp benching, I mean, all that's taking care of what we need to in terms of actually grooving that technique. But board pressing more so that overload, what we get out of the overload. And then, um, you know, hitting the triceps, lockout strength and whatnot. So uh, hopefully, that's, uh, hopefully that's getting at what you want me to mention there, my friend. Howard wine garden all the setup you taught us taking that to heart and working hard to get it down thanks a lot well I'm glad to hear it bud um yeah just I guess what I would say to that is being patient you know so the setup what I what I see too often is uh is that dump touching the dump touching just in an effort to maybe get that last inch or two uh and that's the struggle that some of our athletes have that work in shirts uh is that dump touch near the end you know they um, they they get locked up right at the bottom there they're not patient with it they don't continue to pull with their back they just kind of dump the uh, forearms forward and try to throw back but that's not going to uh really give you that spring that the shirt can provide so uh i'm glad those things rang home for you my friend i'm glad that you're getting weight down to touch Uh, it's also just really dialing in whatever shirt you're using breaking it in to the point it needs to be broken in uh, making any adjustments you need to adjust but always staying in the path of most resistance when it comes to equipment all right guys uh so we answered a lot of Different stuff today. I'm running out of time here on the Instagram. They're gonna shut me down in just about a minute. We're hitting that hour mark. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Hopefully, uh, you continue to find these very helpful. Can get some specific feedback. I uh, really appreciate everyone who tunes in. Um, again, if you want to get involved with our team, you can go to bigbenches.com. Our VIP membership. Would be the way to do that. You're going to receive exclusive content, videos. So we're also talking squat and deadlifting there. So if you like the bench videos, you'll like those. Uh, we're running a challenge right now, the 10K a day step challenge. So trying to get everyone moving. So we do challenges, giveaways. You're going to get coaching critiques. You can send me your videos. I'll let you know when I think on those. Uh, we have a great community of lifters. So I would love to see you involved uh, with that program again you get free program templates if you're looking for something to to train with free programs there and uh 50 off our online course so thank everyone for joining in it has been great chatting with you all and i will see y'all next week